Hello, everybody, and welcome to the uh, Dental Water Cooler session for the Ultimate Patient Experience. I'm Dr. David Moffat. I'm your host for tonight, and I'd like to uh, welcome you. It's a, a cool morning down here on Tuesday morning down in uh, the Southern Highlands outside of Sydney, Australia. I think it's, uh, in my language, about seven degrees. In your language, about 44 degrees. So uh, brisk, but uh, bright and sunny and um, looking beautiful outside my window there. Um, really looking forward to uh, sharing uh, information tonight with you about, um, I guess, uh, talking for um, talking's sake as opposed to talking um, with purpose uh, in the dental surgery. Uh, but before we begin, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Equa Marketing, leaders in digital marketing for dentists, who are a, uh, a very valued sponsor of the, the Dental Water Cooler series uh, and especially this one, the ultimate patient experience as well. Now, members are also allowed to ask questions uh, throughout the broadcast at any time, so please feel free to um, either ask a question in the chat box or to... Uh, raise your hand and, and speak at any time. Um, this is an open forum for people to learn and often our best uh, learnings are from our other uh, participants, our other uh, members of the audience as well. So thank you for that. Um, to, uh, yeah, to speak, just um, raise your hand um, on the, on the pop-up button there. So very easy to do. Um, all right, let's talk about uh, cutting out the, uh, the chit-chat uh, in, the, in the dental practice. Um, one of the things that I did in, in my dental practice was to make sure that uh, our conversations were uh, specific to the outcomes that we wanted. And the outcome that we want is clarity in the patient's mind about what they need to do next with their dental treatment. So distracting conversations about things that don't really matter towards that dental treatment can actually have a detrimental effect upon the, the getting the outcome, which is the patient uh, deciding to go ahead with the treatment that we uh, diagnose for them that they need. So it's not about talking patients into uh, and making patients having to have treatment that they don't need. What it is, is about a uh, doing everything within our powers to uh, avoid or doing everything in our powers to, uh, to ensure that the patient does not not go ahead. We want the patient to, to go ahead because when they go ahead, they, uh, we uh, eliminate the condition that we have diagnosed from their mouth. You know, we remove the decay. Um, we reduce the inflammation. Um, we improve the, the health of the, of the mouth. And when we don't go ahead, it's not an option. It's not something that they can get done at a later state and nothing changes. That disease uh, continues on, it continues on having an effect. The decay gets bigger, the inflammation causes the uh, immune system to have to battle against something that should have been tidied up when we said it needed to be done. So chit chat in the dental surgery needs to be cut to a minimum 
so that the patient realizes that we are indeed focused on their well-being. Now, this doesn't mean that we have to become boring uh, dental people who just drill in you know, the technicalities of, of dentistry into the patient. But what it means is that we don't want to be distracting. Um, in general conversation with the patient, we, we want to always be talking about the patient rather than about uh, ourselves, rather than about talking about the weather, rather than talking about time. Um, the time and the weather are things that uh, we can't change. And so there's no real point in, in just having banal banter about the weather. You know, conversations like, I can't believe how hot it is. I can't believe how cold it is. I can't believe how much rain we've had. I can't believe how dry it is. These are conversations that go nowhere. They, they're, just, they're just fluff. And the same with time. I often hear um, people saying, I can't believe how fast this year's gone. Well, guess what? The year goes the same pace every year. Time is a constant. So the perception of the year going fast may be just that, a perception. But it, again, it really is. The, the point is, if somebody says, I can't believe how fast the year is going, the, the next question is to talk about them and say, sounds like you've been busy and find out what they've been up to. So drill it away from the, the, um, the banality of that, I can't believe how fast this year is going. I can't believe it's Christmas already. I can't believe it's Thanksgiving already. I can't believe it's Easter already. Um, drill it away from that and get onto what they've been doing. Then that's specifically something for a purpose. That does in fact build relationships. When we start getting the patient talking about their favorite subject, which is themselves. So again, speaking for purpose. The next thing in terms of, um, of um, speaking is conversation in the treatment room while the patient is being treated. Now, we all know what it's like when we go to an event and there are people chatting about nothing or themselves while we're trying to observe the event, be it a movie, be it a play, be it a sporting event. Uh, if somebody there is within earshot of us and they're talking about nothing related to what we're there for, it can be very annoying. In the same way that a patient with their mouth open but unable to speak having to listen to a dentist and a dental assistant discuss something not related to the patient, that can not only be annoying, it can also be very insulting and very distracting to the patient because the patient would be wondering whether they are totally focused on what they are doing. I know I would be. I know I don't particularly care to hear about the dental assistant's night out, the dental assistant's wedding, uh, the dental assistant's opinion of another patient, the dental assistant's opinion of somebody who works in that dental practice, what I want to make sure is that they are totally focused on fixing my tooth and getting me out of there as quickly as possible. I don't want to be in there any longer than I need to be. And 
in discussing that, I think that multitasking in terms of doing dentistry, performing dentistry and being engaged in a conversation about nothing in particular, I think are, um, are not congruent. I don't, I don't believe that, that there is congruence there. And in my experience of 35 years of dental practice, I found my patients were very appreciative and noticed and stated that they noticed how much they enjoyed that my dental assistant and I did not need to converse because we knew exactly how to anticipate what we, what we had to have done and we knew exactly what the other was going to do. So what's that like in reality? It's like going to see Torval and Dean on ice and knowing that when Jane Torval jumps, Christopher Dean is there to catch her as opposed to Jane Torval saying, well, now, Chris, I'm going to jump and I need you to catch me, which would mean that the display would be pretty ordinary if they had to explain everything all the time because they know what each other's going to do. And so... Plus, it'd be pretty ordinary if instead of hearing that beautiful music that they, they ice skate to, that we actually hear them saying, now, you know, can you catch me over here? I'm going to jump over there. It just doesn't happen. So why in the dental surgery can't we be tall and doing with our dental assistants so that the patient then spends 30 minutes in the chair instead of 40 minutes in the chair? So let's have a look and see whether we can do that. Now, we have seen it in the past, you know, but it is only television, of course. Uh, the TV show MASH, you know, Hawkeye used to be performing delicate surgery, um, but he'd be talking about everything else while his hands were saving lives. Well, guess what? You know, television is actually make-believe and that show would be a heck of a lot more boring if we were, for us as viewers, if we were there just watching them performing, you know, post-traumatic uh, war surgery. You know, it's very hard to keep your mouth in gear um, and your mind in gear as well when the two topics aren't the same. So... Lastly on that, you know, the, the ultimately the patient is paying for our time. And to me, it's an insult to the patient to be dictatorially commenting about something that may not be of interest to that patient at all. So... Look at it in terms of being able to create a level of professionalism. The, the second thing about um, making sure that the banter is, is uh, reduced to a minimum is, of course, that there are times during the dental visit for the patient that we do need to be 100% focused on getting our message across to the patient. And... Uh, the, the best time, the, you know, the most important time to me in, in the whole patient visit is the, the, the handovers that occur between the dentist and the patient 
and the dentist and the dental assistant in the treatment room at the completion of treatment and also the subsequent handover of the patient to the treatment coordinator, the front office person, uh, the dental receptionist, who, you know, the, the accounts receivable person, um, whoever is receiving the patient out in the front office as the patient makes their way from the treatment room. And so in those two instances, you know, those two very important steps at the dental practice need to be need to be choreographed. They need to be rehearsed. They need to be practiced so that the the, the conversation, the words used become natural but those words are purposeful because any distraction, any chit chat, anything that's not related to what we did, what we're going to do for the patient next time, anything else is a pure distraction and will cause confusion in the patient's mind. So we need to absolutely be focused that we are mentioning everything in the correct order and that we are getting feedback that what we are talking about is being received and understood by the patient. And the only way it can be received and understood is if it is delivered without distraction, so without chit-chat. So the last thing that is needed in any of this is for somebody to strike up a conversation about something banal, like the weather, like the, the time, like what was on television last night, like a sporting event. Um, we want to be totally focused on delivering this vital dental information to ensure that the patient appreciates, one, what we've done for them now, and two, appreciates the urgency of completing what we want to do at the next visit. So uh, to me, there's a five-point dental checklist in the handover. It is followed subsequently by a five-point courtesy non-dental checklist as well. So there are 10 points, and I've discussed these before, but I'm happy to discuss them now. And that is that the, um, you know, the, the, the first five clinical things, and this is, this is said by the dentist to the patient with the dental assistant there um, receiving the information as well and the patient understands that that's what's going on. So when the chair comes up, the dentist says to the patient, first of all, um, he explains exactly what was done for the patient today. Exactly. Let's the patient know that they've had um, decay removed from three teeth they've had three fillings which involved nine surfaces and this was as we um, had said before and planned and treatment planned or if there is a if there is any alteration the dentist is to let the patient know oh you know by the way we've, we've done an extra um, 
an extra surface today because the decay extended into a groove that went onto another surface. So just letting you know. So patient needs to know exactly what was done today. Second thing the patient needs to know and be told by the dentist is exactly what they're going to feel following their dental treatment. What are they going to feel tomorrow? What might they feel in a week? What might they feel in two weeks? What might they feel in three weeks? And that's related to the depth of the decay and the amount of tooth structure, bad tooth structure that we had to remove near to where the nerve in the tooth is. So the dentist will say, you know, today, Betty, I did three fillings. Uh, they were of considerably um, deep depth and close to the nerve. So you may feel some discomfort. You may not, but I'm thinking that in this case, you may feel some discomfort. That discomfort might last for a week, might last for two weeks, might not get any at all. But I'd say about 50 or 60% of our patients do experience some discomfort when it is quite deep like that. Now, if that, if that discomfort is only to cold, the tooth will settle down. If it is to hot and cold, we need to monitor the hot because if the hot continues, then it may mean that the nerve has been affected by the amount of decay that was in that tooth. So we've said, what was done today? What are they going to feel next time? Third thing that we let the patient know is, what are we going to do for them next time? Sorry, sorry, the second thing was, second thing was, well, sorry, first thing was what is done today, what are they going to feel between now and next time? What are they going to feel afterwards? Third thing is, what are we going to do for them next time? Which tooth? What are we going to do? And the reason for that. So, Betty, next time I'm going to be removing that big amalgam up the top there. It's probably going to be a crown. That's because the tooth has some cracks in it, and um, I'm concerned that those cracks could spread. The fourth thing is, when are we going to do it? We're going to do it next week. I've got a vacancy next week. I'm going to get um, Jane at the front to secure that appointment. But let me ask you this, Betty. If there's a chance that we get a change in our schedule between now and that appointment, would you be available to come in sooner? Because I'd really like to see you because I don't want this to go any longer than it has to. And if Betty says, yes, I'm happy to come in sooner, then we've immediately been able to um, create or add her to our virtual list. It's not a list that she knows about. She's not on a list. She thinks she's the only person. But it allows us to have her as somebody who is available should somebody else have a change in their schedule, which is, of course, a change in ours. So that's the fourth thing is, when are we going to do it? And, of course, not. Oh, we'll get around to it. Not, well, let's do it in six months. Let's set a date. Let's explain when we're going to do it. And let's create urgency by asking them if they would be able to come in sooner should there be a change. Create that urgency. The fifth thing that we always have to do is let the patient know what what will happen to that tooth, to their condition, if they do not get the treatment done in the time frame that we have recommended. And I'm worried that if that crack spreads, Betty, you are going to lose that tooth. That tooth will split down the middle and I'm going to have to dig that tooth out. 
I'm going to have to put a bolt in the hole there after I put some cow bone in there. And that's not really the answer, is it? So you've got to create a reason why there is some urgency. It's up to the dentist to say it. It's not up to the staff to say it because if the dentist hasn't said it and then the staff says it, the patient doesn't believe it. So the five things are, what have we done today? What are they going to feel between now and next time? What are we going to do next time? Um, when are we going to do that? When exactly are we going to do that? And what will happen if we don't get it done? Um, specifics. So when Betty gets brought out the front, we don't want Jane to be saying, Betty, did you see America's Got Talent last night? That's not the conversation we want. Conversation we want is related to um, what was done, what we're going to do next time, why we've got to do it, what will happen if we don't do it. So very, very important to maintain those five steps on that dual handover, the handover of the patient to the dental assistant and the handover from the dental assistant to the person at the front office as well. Now, in those handover processes, it's very, very important that the person receiving the patient has permission to ask the person giving the patient if the receiver feels that some of those five steps have not been covered. Dr Moffat, how soon do you want to see Betty? Dr Moffat, what will happen if you don't do that? Dr Moffat, what are you going to do next time? Dr Moffat, what's Betty going to feel between now and next time? Dr Moffat, what exactly did you do today? The receiver has permission to ask, even if it's off the dentist. The receiver at the front has permission to ask because, again, it is so important that the patient hears these five things over and over as much as possible because it sinks in more to them. Really important that the patient has clarity as to what was done today, what we're going to do next time, when we're going to do it, and what will happen if we don't do it. It's with lack of clarity that creates indecision and we end up with a patient going away, patient becomes a liability, problem flares when we don't have the availability to see the patient. It is a no-win situation by allowing patients to leave without getting their treatment done. Absolutely no win for the patient, absolutely no win for the dental practice as well. Totally necessary that we do need clarity in the patient's mind. This is what I'm having done, this is what I'm getting it done, I wanna get it done sooner, and if I don't get it done, this I know is going to eventually happen. So make sure that you have that clarity. The five non-clinical things that then follow is of course that the dentist thanks the patient for their time. Dentist thanks the patient for being such a great patient. Um, the dentist wishes the patient, uh, farewells the patient with wishes of good health and well-being. The dentist uh, has the ability to um, go above and beyond with a compliment or um, the offer of something that they had discussed. And the last thing, of course, is the use of secret service information where the dentist actually 
raises the topic of something that the patient may have discussed with somebody else but had not discussed with the dentist as well, which shows the patient that we are um, cognizant with the fact that they, as a patient, are in fact a person and not just a tooth and uh, a means of payment for their dental procedure. So speaking with purpose is something that teams need to practice. They need to choreograph. They need to ensure that the results are correct. When I visit dental practices, I see you know 99% of practices, no, chore no choreographing, no um, purpose in discussion. Uh, people getting in each other's way of making clarity, you know, getting dentists around, looking at the appointment book at the front desk. Dentists shouldn't be doing that, but dentist just needs to come out. This one I want to see Betty, I want to see her next week. I see we've, uh, you know, uh, we've got time for, for that appointment. Is it time there on Tuesday? Let's get that done. The dentist already knows. The dentist doesn't have to be looking at the appointment book. In fact, that is ridiculous that a dentist actually has to come out and oversee the making of the appointment. An absolute total waste of the dentist's time, a total interruption. Patients are probably thinking, why is he so out? Why is he out here doing this? Why is he not um, vaccinating his next patient? And I'm with the patient on that one, you know, creating confusion. We want to make sure that we create total clarity. We want to know where the dentist has to stand. If the dentist is bringing the patient out, we want to know where the um, where everybody stands so that the patient gets the, the greatest impact uh, in terms of the message that we're sending for the patient to have that clarity. Really, really important. So speaking with purpose as opposed to speaking just to be heard. Don't speak to be heard, speak to be understood. Sometimes people just speak because they're uncomfortable with the silence. Whereas what we want is we want that speech to be for a reason, for a purpose, and that purpose is patient gets the treatment done, patient likes us, patient understands us, uh, we understand the patient. So hope that clarifies my view on what we're doing. What we're doing in the, in the dental office is we're not just making things up as we go along. I do have one question. I have been slide. in a position where, like what you talked about, I was one time in the dental chair and there was a great big discussion about what everybody's going to have for lunch. I definitely felt unimportant, but I have also been in the reverse situation where there's very little communication and I can feel like there's hostility between the staff and that makes me equally uncomfortable how do you make sure that you have are maintaining a good environment the patient knows that the staff is getting along they're communicating but the patient is the center of the, everybody's focus yeah really good point so um i guess the when I, you know when i first noticed how bad things were in this um sort of situation was when i um when I, I, I left my own practice after 28 years and I started doing some work in other people's practices to help them out and I realised how 
you know, just doing the dental work and I realised um, how um, um, oblivious the teams were to the impacts that they were having. It was more like the, in those dental practices that the patient was in fact an interruption. So one time I had um, somebody poke their head into my treatment room while I had a patient there and ask uh, what size uh, uniforms uh, because they were getting new uniforms. What size are you? Yeah, you know? and that, 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 that conversation could have been had any time during the day. It wasn't urgent that it needed to be done in front of the patient. Yeah, um, it, yeah, it, and and you're right about you know ordering lunch. Yeah, you know, I'm just going down for a coffee. Would you like one, Doctor Moffat? Just get me one. You know, for for five dollars, just get me one. And if I don't drink it, that's okay. Um, or I can heat it back up. But you know, don't interrupt me. And, and then interrupt the patient and think, oh, gee, he needs a coffee. Um, in terms of what you said secondly about hostilities, um, you know, communication is, um, is what is it, 7% the words, um, um, 38% tonality, and then 55% is um, the the kinesiology is that the word where it, it's it's the it's the aura and so if you've got that aura in your um uh, physical relationship with your dental assistant where you don't you know you, you have an aura of hostility that needs to be eliminated and and most importantly uh, in this is the fact that when the patient is lying on their back looking up at not much really, you know, a dental light, maybe a small um, screen or a picture stuck to the to the um, the ceiling of the dental surgery. Their perceptions of everything else, because their visual is limited, their perception of uh, the the um, the auras and the tonality actually picks up. They, you know, they actually switch though; they go up a gear. Because they have, you know, they have less, they have less visual input at that time, and so we really need to be on top of that. And um, and yeah, that's the last thing. You know, I've I've seen dental practices where where patients have said to you know, there's someone at the front office, he doesn't like working with that dental assistant, does he? And you know, there's something wrong going on out there. And and of course. They've been doing their best not to allow that aura into their workspace, but it is just seeped through their uh, their skins and out, and the patient has had to experience that. So, um, again, it's more than just the drilling of the teeth. And I've, I've heard of patients who have left dental practices because I don't like the way he talks to his staff. I don't like the way he addresses his his team. So really, really important to make sure that, you know, that the patients are, are feeling the love. And if there is no love there, you know, make the love fake. Or oh, even Siri's just jumping in out of my phone there. I don't, know, I don't know why she does that from time to time, but she was just about to ask me what I meant by that. Anyway, I hope that answers your question, Lila. Yes, it does. It's um yeah it's uh, there is so much involved in dentistry and and and, and we hear yeah you know, we hear dentists talking oh 
you know, that patient didn't come back. Oh, she was cranky. Well, she might have been cranky because she wasn't happy with what she was feeling. And sometimes those feelings, sometimes those feelings that patients um, develop while they're in our office actually develop while they're actually out in the, the lounge before they come in for their treatment because they've been ignored out there or they've heard a conversation out there that was, wasn't really meant for their ears. Another office that I, that I worked in, um, there was two dental front office team members discussing a third team member and their view on that third team member's lifestyle choices over the weekend in front of a waiting room full of patients. You know, that's just not that's just not on. There's no winner in that situation. The, the, the team members don't win. The, the person they're talking about doesn't win. The dental practice doesn't win. The patients don't need to know that. It's just totally inappropriate. But, you know, that's speaking to be heard, speaking for speaking's sake sometimes. Sometimes people don't like silence and so they, they just talk for, for the heck of it. So very, very important to um, speak for purpose and make sure that when you're with the patient that you're in the zone. You know, the most important person in the room is the patient and the most important subject to be talking about is what the patient wants to talk about. And if it's not what the patient, if the patient isn't offering a subject, then we need to offer the subject and the subject that we need to offer is the patient. Talk about their favourite subject. So really, really important to make sure that that's, that's our agenda throughout the day. The only trouble with that, Lila, is that it gets very tough when you go home you're all best friended out because you've been a best friend to all the people that you've seen all day. You just sometimes just want to um, curl up in a in a chair with a uh, with a refreshment and just do nothing for a while. And then you know your kids want you, your wife wants you. It's it's the same thing back on there too. So uh, uh, it's a it's it's a tough it's a tough gig being a dentist. Not only the technical side, but also the emotional and the communication side, which and those sides are never taught. They're never taught in dental school. Okay, makes sense. So, we have any other questions? Lyle, no. no. No other questions. Okay, so um, if that's the case, then we'll. Um, We'll close the uh, the dental water cooler for today. Thanking, of course, Equa Marketing, you know, the leaders in digital marketing for dentists. Thank them again for sponsoring the dental water cooler. It's been um, it's been uh, an honour to be on uh, the program, and uh, we'll be back next month. Um, now I saw that date because I was organising things around it. Um, it is September the 9th. Monday, September the 9th at um, 8 o'clock Eastern time. And um, I look forward to uh, having everybody on the program then.